Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. a series uh, in our church, and it's called Weird. It's not because it's really a weird series, but it's, it's all about, it's weird because normal is not working. Normal is not working. And, and, and what we've been hearing from our pastor, our lead pastor, Pastor Chad, he's been giving us messages and reminding us of some of the things that, uh, you know, what our world calls normal is really, uh, is abnormal. And what we used to call uh, abnormal now has become normal. So, so we live in a world where things have been kind of topsy-turvy and things have been turned around. So, so today's emphasis is on, on knowing God's values. Because God's values are weird compared to the values of this world. So this one, I want to just give you an overview of this, of this sermon, okay? I, and, and, I, I, and I think that what I want to do is this. I want to just do this. I, I want to do that because that's going to remind us today of the knocking of the Lord on our hearts. That back in the early days of the church, the knock of the Lord on the door of our hearts was 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 noticeable it, you you knew when he was knocking on the door of your heart and and it's it's that knock that we need to respond to and this whole message is about responding to that knock but before we get there i want to talk to you for a couple things that have caused us to get out of tune and, and cause the, the knocking on the door of our hearts to grow faint. Not because it's faint because of the one that's knocking, but it's, because, it's faint because of things that have crept into our lives. And that these things have crept into our lives, and as a result, they've caused the knocking of the Lord to grow dull in our hearts. Craig Grishel, uh in, in, in his book called Weird, uh, he, talks about, uh, he talks about the day he's swimming with his family. And he's, uh, Craig pastors this incredible church. It's, it's big. It's got thousands of people in it. But this particular day, Craig wants to take his family to the beach. And they want to go swimming because he just needs a break. And he's out there having fun with his family. I think he's got about, I don't know how many, four, four or six kids in his family. It's a big family. So they're out there just having a great time at the beach. And so, you know, they're frolicking and all this kind of thing. And the sun starts to go down. And, and, and Craig says to his family, listen, I think we better, we better go, go back in. And, and his, one, one of his sons said, Dad, I can't see your house. Where is it? It's dead. Our house is gone. And, and so, so uh, and sure enough, they're all looking. And yeah, that's right. The house is gone. And, and, and they're looking for their markings. And, and Craig realizes that while they've been out in the ocean frolicking, they've been drifting. 
They've been drifting away, and, and, and he finds Quince, and he knows, yeah, there's their house way down there because they, they had drifted uh, away. And, and so it was a, a reminder, and Craig says in his book, talking about drifting, because drifting, drifting away from God causes the knock to become dull. And he says this. Let me just, uh, just read uh, what he's, he concludes this little story. He says, the, the entire time we were playing, the current had gently moved us downstream with the tide. We were drifting the whole time and never realized it until we couldn't find our way back. Uh-oh. Do you see where he's going with this? Do you see what he's starting to going to ask? He's going to be starting to ask, is the church drifting? Is the church drifting away? Are, are we just, you know, kind of playing around and so forth? And so Craig, he says, what is normal today? He asks that question. What is normal? And his observation about what is normal in the church is this. He says, uh, what is normal in the church today is to drift away from God instead of Draw across. Of course, he's not talking about us. You know that, right? He's talking about all the other churches around us, right? We're, we're okay, right? I mean, we're okay, cool, right? We're around the lazy river. No. Okay. All right, so, so he, he speaks to us today. And so, Craig, he says this about drifting, and he talks about the current of normalcy. You know, being normal and, and how the current of normalcy is strong and it can pull us away and it pulls in and it starts to distance us from God so that we don't hear the knock of our Lord on our hearts. So he says the current of normalcy will pull you away from God uh, at every opportunity if you let it. When we allow ourselves to go with the flow, then we're moving away from the solid rock of God's presence in our lives. There's a, there's a relationship that God wants us to have. And it's, a, it's one where God is central to our life. And it's based upon that relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the key verses to our, our series has been found over in Matthew chapter 7. And it's verse 13. It says this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few find it. And so Jesus was talking about that what is normal is to go the broad way and, and go through uh, the way that it seems like everybody's going. But the, the narrow gate... What is normal in God's sight is, is following through that, is following in the narrow gate in the way that he lays before us, the way that leads to uh, e eternal life. How many of you have been driving the car and, and the passenger says, oh, look over there. And, and, and they spot something. And you as the driver, all of a sudden you find, what do you do? You drift, you don't, you're not even aware of it. And the next thing you know, the car is starting to veer off the road. You've got to get back on like that. Because drifting is something that is very common. And, and drifting can lead to accidents. And it can, it can lead to, uh, uh, to uh, destruction. 
Uh, when uh, Just a few weeks ago, uh, I was at a chaplain's uh, conference over in Halifax, and we were hosted by the Halifax Regional Police, and we went to the target range, and we all had the opportunity to take guns, and it was like a paintball kind of gun, and so it wasn't real bullets or even rubber bullets, but it was this paintball kind of stuff. And so, so we would pick up the gun, and boom. And boom, you know, you thought for sure you're aiming at the target and, and you know, you're, you're going all over the place. And so the instructor said, I said, okay, I want everybody to take your hands, go like this. And so we all did that. And he said, now find, find an object. He says, all right, okay, find an object and make sure the object's right in the center. And he says, all right, close one eye. So we did. So we closed one eye. And okay, then we closed the other eye. And we found out that when we closed one eye, that the target moved on us. But it really didn't. It was over there all the time, right? And we need balance out of that. And so because we need the balance in our lives. And so we found out that we have a dominant eye and we have a weak eye. And so it was a, it was a lesson to us. If we're going to continue to be focused on the things of God, we certainly need to have a, a balance in our life. Our, our sociologists talk about something called social drift. Social drift in, in, in our society. And you've seen this, that things have changed over the years. Would everybody admit that things have changed? Yeah, things have changed. Raise your hand. Anything changed? You notice anything changed? Yeah, for sure. There's all kinds of things that we have seen in our world that have changed, uh, especially socially. Uh, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, it has brought a, a, a drifting uh, away from God and, and in the church. For, for example, it started a long time ago where the philosophy was anything goes. And that's the agenda of our, of our world. You listen to it, and you listen to the voices that are out there, and what do they want? They want anything to go, but that's a drift. And that removes us from the knock. Uh, 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 here was another one, another phrase, uh, and especially teenagers wrestle with this, is, well, everybody's doing it. And, and so because everybody's doing it, it makes it right, Right? Uh, no, a little bit better, all right? Okay, because everybody's doing it. Makes it right, right? That's a little bit better. You're awake, Pastor Chad. We're still working on them. Get them there. Okay, all right. All right, that's true. Okay, so that was called social, so social drift, which is, is um, it's, it's a phenomenon. It's a danger to our society. Craig warns us that it's not just a social drift. It's the spiritual drifting. There is a, a, a spiritual drift that, that you and I can experience and get succumbed to, uh, and, and we can find ourselves being pulled uh, away from God because we're different, because we've lost our focus. And, and this is what, this is what uh, uh, the uh, focus that, that uh, Craig gives, and he says, you know, we, we, need, we, we need to make sure that we have learned the ropes that the Lord has given to us. And so he talks about them, about reading your Bible and, uh, and worshiping God. This is, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. We, we as pastors will be counseling someone and, uh, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're going through some things and they're in trouble and they're frustrated and all that kind of thing. And so we ask them, well, have you been reading your Bible? And guess what they say to us? No. No. What's been going on in their lives? When you don't read the Word of God on a regular basis, you start to drift. You start to drift. And, and, and it happens over and over again. Uh, another thing that, that we must make sure that we continue to have our hands on the rope that God has given to us is our worship. 
And that's what I loved about what was happening this morning. We were worshiping God and you could sense the presence. But man, when you don't worship God and when you stop worshiping God, guess what happens? You begin to drift away from him. Because God wants us to worship him with spirit and truth and everything that we have. In body, soul, and spirit. But when you and I stop worshiping, we start to drift away. And I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Getting involved in church, that, that is so important along with your Bible reading, along with worshiping, uh, and that's so, and that contributes to, to helping to stay focused. How about this one? Prayer. How about prayer? You know, I don't know about you, but it seems like a lot of prayer meetings I go to, hardly anybody shows up. It, it seems like the prayer meeting is the least attended prayer time in, in, in the week, what I observe, what I observe, if we're not praying, we don't hear the knock. And, and, and we drift. And we, and, and we drift away from where the Lord wants us to be. Craig, Craig talks about... Some things that, that, that help us to get back on focus and help us to get away from drifting, but get, get to the place where God wants us. Because that's, that's what makes us different. Is when we are in the place where God wants us and his values are our values, that may be weird by the world's standard, but it's not weird by God's standard. And it may be something that uh, other people say, well, you got to be crazy you're doing that. No, because I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. This is what breaks his heart, and this is what motivates and breaks my heart. Craig said this, if we want to grow closer to God, and that should be the response everybody said, yeah, I want to grow closer to God. Ready? If I ask you, to, if you want to grow closer to God today, everybody raise your hand. Okay. All right. Okay. You know what I mean. Okay. So, if, but if we want to grow closer to God, if we want our values to be his values, then we need to become vigilant for opportunities where he wants to bless us. Are you listening? This is key. He wants to bless us with a burden. Yeah. Better say it again. Listen to it. If we want to grow closer to God, if we want our values to be his values, then we need to become vigilant for opportunities where he wants to bless us with with a burden. So, here's another way of taking that statement and turning it into a question. What breaks your heart? What, what does God expose you to that you know is breaking his heart, but he really wants to know, is it breaking your heart? Is it breaking my heart? So it's the question that's before us. Nehemiah, case in point. Nehemiah, uh, in the Old Testament, he was, he was one of those that had been taken into captivity because of the willful disobedience of, of Israel. Uh, and so he was in captivity, but his heart was for Jerusalem and, and his home country. And he always wanted to know what was going on. 
And uh, the, the Bible tells us over in chapter 1, uh, in verses 3 through 4, that on this particular day, there was a, a, a group of people that had come from the home country, and they were coming to the place where Nehemiah was in captivity, and they had a report, and he wanted to know, how's it going? How's it going in Jerusalem? And he was really hoping that it would be a good report. But the response was this. He said, they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And the Bible says this. When I heard these things, Nehemiah says, I sat down. I sat down and I wept. He said, he said, I sat down, and the Bible goes on, and says, for days, for days I mourned over the news that I heard. It broke his heart. It broke his heart. He, he understood the destruction of Jerusalem and, and what had come to them and what was breaking God's heart. And now it was breaking his heart. And you know the rest of the story is how God uses Nehemiah because he responded to what was breaking God's heart, was breaking his heart. He took on the value that God had for him, and it changed. It changed the, the direction of the destruction of Jerusalem. So he heard. He heard. Are you hearing? He heard. He sat down. He wept. He mourned uh, for days. So I ask again, what breaks your heart? What disturbs you? I listened to a sermon this past summer, and it was uh, Ken Taylor over at Creekside, and he was talking about we all need to have Popeye moments. And he was talking about the old cartoon character Popeye and Olive and, and, and uh, Brutus. Uh, and so he would talk about these and how Popeye, this uh, cartoon figure, any time that he got in trouble, and he would always get to the brink and be pushed uh, to the place where he, he would always say, I can't stand anymore. And he would eat his can of spinach. I don't know what the spinach people had to do with that. Okay, but day in and out, he would take his can of spinach and he'd get these great big biceps and, and, and forearms and he would take care of uh, Brutus and, and he would be the hero and he would rescue Olive. And so Ken said in his sermon, he says, what disturbs you? And then he asked the question, and this is really good. He says, what kind of disturber have you become for the Lord? Or are we just bland and we just kind of fit in with society and we're just kind of drifting along because the stats tell us that, that for example, uh, you know, the way marriages break up, it's the same outside as it is inside the church. Uh, statistics tell us that, that Christians had no problem going watching the same movies that other movies watch. And it seems like over and over again that we're just kind of floating along. And that the current of normality, because everybody's doing it, you know, and it won't hurt you. Meanwhile, we can't hear. We can't hear the knock. At the last mayor's breakfast, two ladies from, from our county uh, here in Perth, uh, two ladies uh, talked about a trip they had to Malawi. And uh, when they were on this, uh, it must have been some kind of short-term uh, missions trip. And uh, when, they, when they got to this country, they saw and they heard 
they heard about girls being denied their education. And the reason why they were being denied their education is because they just didn't have the basic necessities of life. And I mean, I'm talking the basic needs of life. And because they didn't have them, they were not permitted to, uh, to go to school. These two girls, as they, uh, uh, two ladies, as, as they saw this, and they, be, they looked at it and they saw the faces, they started to hear. The knock of God on their heart. And they came back and they, they established something called Change Her Life. And it, it's a movement. It's just right out of here. And I, I don't know how much money they've raised. But they are making a difference because they responded to what was breaking God's heart. Now was breaking their heart. And as a result, they were making a difference. Nobody else was getting it. But they came. And it seemed so basic. And it seemed to be so, so mundane. But God laid it upon their heart, and as a result, they're making a difference in the country of Malawi. And people now, girls are going, and now they're growing, and now they're becoming educators themselves. They made a difference. They became a disturber. So what kind of disturber are you? They saw, they heard, their hearts were broken. They did something about it. So this morning, the question comes again. So what is breaking your heart? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What is messing up your nice and tidy world? Because it seems to me that unless something really messes us up, we continue to go along. We kind of drift along. And we know we go through the routines. And, and we're like spiritual jellyfish. And we just go along. Kind of flow along down the current of normalcy. And where one, one guy said to me this morning, he says, yeah, he says, so I heard someone talk about that, about being jellyfish. He says, but God doesn't call us to be jellyfish. He calls us to be spiritual dolphins that know how to swim and how to go against the current. What kind of disturber, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of spiritual dolphin is God calling you? And Craig says, maybe the problem is we're focused on too many things. And, and this is timely for us because in another month we'll be, we'll be celebrating the new year and we'll be making resolutions. And, and Craig says, you know what? The problem is, is that uh, uh, we often make too many, too many resolutions. And, and by the end of January, most people don't keep their resolutions. And because, uh, and, and you know, it's just like everybody has, it's well intentions, right? But the resolutions are, are, are not made. And, and, and Craig says, maybe the problem is that we're focused on too many things and we should be only focused on one thing. On one thing. And the Bible has a lot to say about one thing. And I think he's got something. It's so easy to be distracted. And we've heard a message on that. Being distracted by the, by, by the busyness of life. And, and, and by, by I mean, the cares of life. They can be so distracting. And, and cause us to be focused everywhere but where God wants us to be focused. So are you, are you hearing this at all? few more days, my family uh, uh, on the state side will gather together at the glory barn. They call it the glory barn. It's really not that glorious. It's, it's, it's quite rustic, quite frankly. There's no running water. There's chemical toilets. Uh, you know, really no fancy bunk beds at all, I'll tell you. I mean, it's usually the mice have been there before we were. And, you know, I mean, it's all this kind of thing. But, but this is what my family does on, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. They, they go to this dairy farm in the Pennsylvania hills, and we get on the back 40 of this farm, and we go, and for one day, for one day, we just kind of break away from the rat race. We break away because we just want to be with family. 
We want to be and just value what God has given to us. And it can't help. There's that call that God says to all of us. I want to pull you away to the glory barn. His glory barn. And I want you to break away from the rat race so that, that you can respond. Be the disturber. And, and what is the one thing? Listen to what Scripture has to say. Over in Isaiah 43 and 18, it says, Forget the former things. Uh, do not dwell on the past. See, I am now, I'm doing a new thing. Now, uh, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Psalm 27, what one thing do you desire from the Lord, the psalmist says. He says this, one thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek. Do you think a spiritual glory barn retreat is a good thing? Do you think it's in a place like that we can hear the voice of God? Do you think it's a place where we can hear the knock? Yeah. It is that place. It is that place. Uh, over in, uh, it says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What is the one thing that God is speaking to you this morning on? And he says, the psalmist says, oh, I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. What one thing do you desire today? Mark 10 and 21, Jesus said to the, the rich young ruler, and he said to him, uh, as he was looking to Jesus, and he, he, was, he wanted to follow him, and, and Jesus looked at him, and he, the Bible says he loved him. But Jesus said to this rich young ruler, there's one thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. You'll hear the knock, and you'll respond. And then he said, then come follow me. And the Bible tells us that he couldn't do it. He turned away. Kind of went drifting along. And the current of normalcy of that day. Paul says in Philippians, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past. Maybe there's something you need to let go of this morning. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's, it's just a, 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 a something that a relationship. Uh, it says forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Well, I mean, what was Paul talking about? He's talking about you need to let go of this thing so you can... So you can hear the knock. Once again, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end. You're not floating down. The end of the race and receive the heavenly price for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Romans 8 and 31 talks about the promises of God. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Maybe there's a promise today. There's a promise that you need to hang on today. Because just as Paul said, that because he gave himself for us, won't he also give us everything else that we need? Is there a promise today that you need to hold on to? Is there something the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that today you need to grab a hold of? Today I need to conclude this message, but I want to conclude it with taking us to Revelation chapter 3. 
Craig, he says this in his book, my concern with our culture and primary motivation for writing this book, referring to this book in my hands, is that we've made lukewarm synonymous with normal. So what he's saying is that the church is having a hard time hearing the knock. That's what he's saying. We're having a hard time hearing the knock because we become lukewarm. He talks about the Laodicean church, uh, and historically it was a very wealthy city. Uh, it was a city that was um, uh, landlocked. Uh, uh, the Laodicean church, you see the ruins of it now, so they didn't do too well. But uh, they didn't have a reliable source of water that could support their um, uh, civilization. And so all the water had to be brought in. And they worked on all kinds of neat uh, ways, of, you know, aqueducts and that kind of stuff, to bring the water in, and they tapped into hot springs. But the problem with the hot springs is that it was too far away. So by the time the hot spring water got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And, and the same, they had the same problem with the cold springs. They, they would have the aqueducts coming like uh, from the mountain area there. And, and so the water would be nice and cold and clear when it came out of the mountains. But by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. So resurrected Jesus and Revelation is preaching to the church of Laodicea. And he's, he's preaching at them, and he's letting them know that because they were neither hot or cold, but lukewarm, and no longer hearing the knock on the door, this is what he says. It wasn't pleasant. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. It's not that the Lord had moved at all. The Lord hadn't moved. The church had drifted. The church had cooled off in the relationship. The church had gone the way of normal. Normalcy had overtaken the day. So the church was no different than the rest of society. Making no difference. Salt and light. Properties of the church had been lost. But the knock was still there. So Jesus confronts them. Confronts them and, and he, has, he, has a, he has a rebuke for them. And he lets them know. Uh, he says to them, and this, he listened to this in the message. Here's another way of putting it. He says, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. It's not good when the Lord says he finds little to his liking about us. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. I wonder what the world thinks about us. Uh, you're not hot. Far, far better that you would be stale or you're stagnant, Jesus said. You make me want to vomit. You brag, I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that, in fact, you are a pitiful blind beggar, threadbare, and homeless. Wow. That's what's said about a church that drifted so far that they couldn't hear the knock. But the message has got hope. This is good. 
I mean, the message had hope. So hang in there with me, okay? I mean, this is not all. I know it sounds pretty heavy, right? Kind of, oh, man, Pastor, I came here to get lifted up. All right, hang on. Hang on. It, this is good, all right? And so uh, it says this about the Laodicean church. They were being rebuked by Christ for their lukewarmness and their insipid behavior. And insipid meant tasteless and flavorless and, and so forth. But there was hope. There was hope. And that's why the resurrected Jesus goes on. He goes on to say in, in verse 19. So if you're following along in the chapter, it goes on in verse 19 and 20. He says this. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. That's okay. He loves us. I mean, that's a good parent. That's what parents do. So he says, be earnest. Be earnest and repent. Come on, that, that's pretty clear. That's not hard to do. Let's be earnest and, and repent. He says, here I am. I haven't moved. And I'm standing at the door of your heart this morning. And I'm knocking. And so he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they with me. We'll have fellowship. I mean, we're going to have life. I mean, we're going to make a difference. We're going to see our world change because of the relationship that we have with God's Son, Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we are able to say, because if, if God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He knocks. So Craig says this. He wants you to let him in. Listen, folks, I, th I think... Many of you today, maybe if not all of you, have accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. So this is not necessarily about salvation. But this is about allowing Christ to go deep in your life. To drill down in your life. Because you know what? I found, and I still find, that the Lord wants every area of my life. There's not a department, there's not a compartment, there's not an area of my life that is off limits as far as the Lord's concerned. He wants to be Lord of that area of my life. He wants you to let him in all the way. He desperately wants you to know him. So many people believe in God, but they don't really know him. And because they don't really know him, they are lukewarm. Here's the truth. The truth is, if you truly knew him, you couldn't be lukewarm. Amen? Oh, let me say that again. Are you awake? Say amen at this point, please. Okay, all right, here we, here we go. All right, here we go. The truth is, if you truly knew him, you couldn't be lukewarm or half-hearted. Craig said, if you have just enough of Christ to satisfy you, but not enough to change you, Answer his knock and let him make himself at home with you. Once again, amen? Amen. Sing with the worship team. So many things to take away from this morning. As, as leadership, as we plan out the year as we plan out sermon series and messages and everything like that we don't try to figure out what will entertain you or hopefully grab your attention and bring you back next week it's it's not what our goal is it's not what our heart is as we 
pray and as we try to figure out its ultimate goal is always life transformation. And for me, as I've read this book and as I've worked through this series, it's done so many things in so many different areas of my life that my prayer is that you don't come, that you haven't been here each week or even just today and that you leave here going, Charlie did a great job, which he did. Well, my heart is that you walk out going, Pastor did such a good job, it's such a good word, how does it apply to my life that over lunch you don't critique music or the temperature of the room or how things went, but maybe ask the person that you're having lunch with. So, what did God tell you you need to change in your life? Because here's what he told me. Here's the area of my life that I'm still hanging on to, that my values are still mine and they're not God's. Are you still, as we've gone through this series, are you still holding on to your time? Are you still holding on to your money? Are you still living relationships the way you did before? Do our values influence God's instead of God's taking over ours? See, I believe some of us in the room, some of us need to actually just start reading our Bibles. Just start on a regular basis reading our Bibles. Some of us who maybe already read our Bibles, we need to actually let His Word change us. And for some of us who've read our Bibles for a long time and have allowed God's Word to change us, we need to allow His Word to change us again. Even those areas where, I don't know about you, but I've gotten better in, I don't know about you, but I can still get better. In the first service, we just talked for a moment about this week, Christians overseas losing their lives because they serve Jesus. And we talk in Canada about the persecution of the church and can I tell you your persecution this morning? This is it. You have to decide what area of your life you need to give up to get closer to God. You're not even giving up your life. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's some TV. Maybe it's all TV. Maybe it's social media. What is it that God is saying to you? This area you still haven't given over to me. Maybe it's your time, maybe it's your money, maybe it's what you watch, it's what you see, it's how you think. But I honestly don't believe you can go through this sermon series or sit through this message without something. Not if you truly want to get closer to Jesus. And I don't know about you, I will never be close enough to being like Jesus until I'm before him, so that means there's always something in my life. So I challenge you this morning, what is it in yours? Apply this to your life. Because here's the thing, if you've ever been in water with a current, and that's the society we live in, there's a current. And as a Christian, you're going against it. And if you've ever been in water with a current, 
If your motor is not running and pushing you upstream, you are drifting. And many of us, probably faster than we want to admit. I'm going to close this service different than I even closed the last one. And prayer team, I thank you for coming this morning, but I'm actually going to just have you stay where you are. Because I feel for this one, don't, you might not need more prayer, you might need just to apply. There's times we pray, we pray, and then there's times we perspirate and we work it through. And so apply this to your life today. Father, thank you so much for the word that's been spoken. I thank you for this series that we've gone through. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the change it's brought to my life. And Lord, I pray for everybody in the room that's maybe listened to only this message. But if they've listened to all of them or some of them, that Lord, they're applying them to their lives. Lord, help us to live life different than what normal is. Father, help us to put you first in not just a Sunday morning area of our lives, but every area of our lives. Let our marriages look different. Let our relationships look different. Let the way we invest and the way we spend our money look different and the way we invest and spend our time look different. Lord, I pray that we will be a light to you no matter where we go. I pray that today, Father, we even talk about this message, not about the weather, not about politics. But Father God, we just encourage one another, challenge one another on what you've asked us to do and what area of our lives we're supposed to give over to you and change today. And so Father, lead us and speak to us and strengthen us and let us be a light for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 